Good job. We finished reading Colossians. One of the most profound passages in the whole Bible is Colossians 1, 15 through 20. Well, specifically, verse 16 demands tons of reflection and contemplation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Keep in mind that Paul is specifically talking about Jesus the Christ here, not God the Father, Yahweh, or God in the general sense. For context, in verses 13 through 14, he talks about God the Father transferring us to the kingdom of his Son, redeeming us, and forgiving our sins. In verse 15, he goes on to expand his thoughts on the Son by saying that he is the image of the invisible God. In verse 18, he talks about the Son being the head of the church body. In verse 19, he says all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in him. And then in verse 20, he says that he will reconcile all things by the blood of his cross. All these descriptions are clearly references to Jesus. This is important. I know Jesus is God, so sometimes we get loose with substituting them as synonyms. But it is very important for us to recognize Paul is specifically talking about Jesus here. This is a parallel scripture with the first part of John 1. From John 1, we know that in the beginning, before God ever created the heavens and the earth, he planned to come as Jesus. But also from John 1, we know that Jesus the Messiah didn't have flesh until he was born to Mary and lived with the disciples. I know about the times when God came as a human all throughout the Old Testament, but this is different. God coming as the Messiah is different than God coming as Melchizedek, the Prince of Salem, or wrestling with Jacob. God coming as the Messiah is him coming as the one specifically promised by God to Satan to crush his head. So, up until Jesus was born to Mary, the Son of God as we know him, Jesus existed in the heart of God. He did not physically exist in the flesh. This makes sense because flesh was created by God from the dust of the earth, which wasn't even created yet. This is why Colossians 1.16 is so profound and deserves some serious thought and consideration. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. So, if Paul is specifically talking about Jesus, but we know that he didn't physically exist in the flesh yet because dust hadn't even been created yet, what does this verse mean? All things created by him and through him means Jesus is God over all creation, just as he claimed while he was on earth. But it doesn't just mean Jesus is God. Since Paul made it clear that he was talking about the Son and the blood of his cross, this verse means that Jesus, God himself, dying on the cross, was a critical element in creation of all things in heaven and on earth. This is profound because it shows that God intended to die for his creation even before the fall in the garden. Satan didn't slip in when God's back was turned and trick Adam and Eve. I think the first couple of chapters in Job show that Satan is completely bound by the will of God. This should leave us with the burning question, why? Why would God allow Satan to ruin his good creation like that? 
Well, I think we can get an answer to that question from the same verse. Paul said all things were created by him and through him, which I am saying means that Jesus dying on the cross was the plan the whole time and not only a response to the fall. But what about for him? For and the original Greek word ice are prepositions that can mean several different things. In this case, based on the context, the meaning that best fits and makes the most sense is to the benefit of. So, with this understanding, Paul is saying that all things in heaven and earth were created to the benefit of Jesus. In a profound verse, this is the profoundest of statements. How does creation benefit Jesus? To answer that, let's read verses 15 and 19. He is the image of the invisible God, and for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. So Jesus is the image of the invisible God, and the fullness of God dwells in him. When we think about God creating the universe, we probably picture a huge, powerful being speaking things into existence. But Jesus couldn't be further from that visualization. He is a regular guy from a poor family who ended up dying a horrific death. Sure, he worked a ton of miracles and was ridiculously famous. But his appearance wasn't anything spectacular. He wasn't anything like that guy on the throne buggy thing that Ezekiel saw. But Jesus was the image of God, and all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in him. What was so remarkable about Jesus? Well, for the Pharisees, it was because he was healing on the Sabbath and forgiving sins. So Jesus maintained and exhibited the power of God by healing and working miracles. But he also added this aspect of God that was not visible in any other way, his mercy. This is how the creation benefited Jesus. Without creation, specifically the fallen creation, God could not fully express himself like he did through Jesus. Let me be clear, Satan, all the other fallen spiritual beings, and all people are responsible for their pride and rejection of God. We were given free will, and we used it to rebel against God. But God allowed it because this fallen creation is the medium that God expressed himself fully through Jesus. Like an artist painting on a canvas, God is showing us his beauty through his mercy. This is why God keeps saying all through the Bible in different ways that he wants to be known for and glorified for his mercy. It is quite literally the point of all creation. All things in heaven and on earth were created by Jesus, through Jesus, and for Jesus because God knew dying on the cross for a fallen creation was the only way to fully express who he is. God is not just merciful because we forced his hand when we rebelled against him. His mercy defines him so much that he devised a plan to create a universe where he could forgive and die for people who rejected him and rebelled against him. Praise God for his mercy. Thank you so much for reading with me. Please come back tomorrow and we will read 1 Thessalonians.